welcome to Bound by Books, a podcast of five authors across the genres talking about that one thing that we're all bound by, books. I am one of your hosts, Danielle Bannister, and today I am joined by Marianne Maria. Welcome, Marianne. Thank you, Danielle. I'm excited about today's topic because the perfect time of year for that. It's Halloween season. Oh, love it. And, um, you know, we're talking about paranormal and fantasy in books. This is my bailiwick. I love this stuff. And you and I both have titles in these genres, so... Let's have some fun. Yeah, we thought that this would be a perfect opportunity to, to talk up that sort of stuff and, and about all those things that go bump in the night. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know that, that, that this really is your wheelhouse. I've only like dipped a toe into this universe. So a lot of what we talk about today, you're going to be like sort of the expert on, and I'm just going to be the person who has a little bit of knowledge. (laughs) So, but, but, but correctly, if I'm wrong, most of your books fall into sort of that paranormal genre, right? Every single one, except one. Except I (laughs) I have one contemporary romance that is a CIA operative thing and I have to tell you even while I was while I was writing it it was really hard not to make the and you know either the protagonist or the antagonist like psychic or have like you know witch blood or something like that I was like no 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 real world real world real world so but yeah every single one of my books everyone well okay so here maybe this is an important clarifying question because uh, it even for me who writes both fantasy and paranormal, <laughs> I sometimes struggle with what the difference between paranormal and fantasy are. What what is the difference for you? I know that it can sort of be a broad thing, and there can be some crossover. Yeah, but what does it mean for you? Um, well, for me, um, fantasy centers on magic and magical creatures, and is usually set in an ancient or like medieval like past or often in an, an other world, like what we refer to as high fantasy, like um, like Lord of the Rings or, right. you know, or something like that, or um, even the Hunger Games because it's in post, post-apocalyptic. So it's kind of fantasy-ish, even though it doesn't right. have like, you know, everything's right. robotic. There's no like fantasy creatures or what have you. Paranormal fiction. Um, it's it involves supernatural it's like it's it's just it's it's an overarching supernatural thing where there are there's almost like a subculture um, that lives parallel to us but under our radar so it's like you know that and and you know when I say subcultures I don't mean lesser than I mean it's just they exist in plain sight hiding in plain sight living side by side with us but you don't know that they have you know that there's that there's um extraordinary things about them um you know such as like witches ghosts vampires psychics werewolves you know um and you know like like you said like regular humans don't know that they're there i mean you don't know that the guy sitting next to you on the subway could be a werewolf unless it happens to be a full moon and all of a sudden now you're like laying there with your throat ripped out like werewolf in london although the ones that i create are not uh are not that way. They don't do that. They're not ruled by the moon. They're more shifters than werewolves. So what about you? What do you think? Um, the, you know, and, and, and let's talk about overlapping genres because yeah, I mean, 
in my in my warped mind fantasy always means something either ancient or sort of futuristic for whatever reason that's where my brain sort of goes is that if it's not of this current time which is totally not true because you could have a fantasy that is set in modern times but that's yeah. just sort of where my brain lumps to yeah um and where paranormal stuff it feels to me like it's it's stuff that could happen like it, it feels like it's a more believable thing that there might be vampires walking around us than yeah you know absolutely whatever. I don't know I guess it's closer to realism to me well I think it's because we think of that way because think about some think about the high fantasy books and like I mentioned Lord of the Rings before but even even to the extent of Harry Potter it does coexist with our world but think about their world they're still writing with quills and parchment and you know they you know they fly dragons yeah they they live in a castle where they they have they have candles they don't have electricity you know that type of a thing unless they're 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 illuminating with a wand which I love all that stuff so uh, but I think you're right I think you're right although there might be some people who have a different opinion but I am of this I am of the opinion that I agree with you so, <laughs> well, that's that's how most opinions should be agreeing with me. <laughs> Anyhow, rules. I do say so, <laughs> now, what is it to you? Because you because this is your genre. This is, you know, the, the area that you, that you thrive in. What is it about sort of paranormal and fantasy topics that make you want to keep writing those projects? Um, it's my love of the what if. Um, and you'll probably hear me say that a lot today. Uh, what if, um, Mm -hmm. it is what lives beyond our Ken, you know, beyond our understanding and, um, that titillates stimulation, um, and imagination and all kinds of other things that could make our bodies tingle, you know, (laughs) that's the other world calling. This is, this so, is a paranormal reality. This would yes. have happened in fantasy, but it happens in the paranormal. Paranormal reality. calling. That, <laughs> that could have been, you know, your, you know, witch leader calling to to tell you something, right? It's a spirit. It's my spirit guides. <laughs> they're they're yeah. telling me not. They're telling me to stay on topic. <laughs> I'm not with that. <laughs> they speak softly, but carry a big, uh, glowing stick. <laughs> right. Right. Well, it's funny because for me, fantasy and paranormal were two genres that I stayed far away from when writing. I did not want anything to do with either of those genres. I was a romance writer. That's what I knew. Um, But when I was, uh, I was working with an author friend of mine, uh, Amy Miles, who writes fantasy. And she and I talked, we talked just about every day about writing and stuff. And she writes primarily Uh, fantasy and I write primarily romance and we thought well wouldn't it be fun to try to mush those two genres together if we had a fantasy character and a human character who aren't supposed to see each other aren't supposed to connect but do wouldn't that be interesting and so that's how we came up with our our trilogy uh, netherworld hollow earth and isle of glass about a banshee and a human who coexist in a plane and they're not really supposed to. So it was it was a way that I could dip my toe in a fantasy in sort of a safe way because I still had my romance to, to fall back on. So I would write the human characters and she would write the fantasy characters. So it was a, she got to sort of educate me a little bit on how fantasy is, is different. And I get to 
educate her on how romance is different. So we each had to kind of write in areas that we weren't good at. We, we had to sort of push each other. She wasn't good with the whole emotions things and the feelings of things. And the world building thing was just like a whole different thing that I it's didn't know anything wonderful, about. Though, isn't it? And it well, it, it was it's intimidating, is what it is. It, it can it, be intimidating. It, I guess. I guess it can be. You come up with things that don't actually exist. That's a little mind blowing to me. It, well, that's it, it's where it's hard for me to wrap my head around. Well, that's where you can you can um, use existing mythologies um, and folklore as a as a platform to jump right. off from. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna regurgitate it verbatim, but you right. can, and you're gonna do something to twist it around and mush it around and mold it and make it your own. Um, but it's 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 fun to 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 push those boundaries of the what Fun if, or isn't make, it? make you have tears sometimes oh well no, it was it was it was challenging for yes. sure it was definitely challenging and yeah. she is actually this the same author who lured me into paranormal as well uh because uh, another author friend of ours christy cook was starting this whole paranormal universe in havenwood falls and you know would i like to write a novella for their line it's only thirty five thousand dollars it was dollars 35,000 words so it would be a, a way to sort of you know test out the genre wow well, is it hard it's hard I, I don't know how you do it it's hard world building is my is my favorite thing to do in in the universe creating universes creating wow. mythologies and things that that um fit what my characters need in order to exist you know but like I said they they exist side by side in all of my books. They exist side by side with, with humanity. So, you know, our world is their world. It's just their world is our world on steroids. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things that, that they have that we don't, that as this human wishes we did, (laughs) you know, I mean, I, I totally get the appeal. It's a, it's a, it's a great way. It's an easy step to make in terms of, escapism because you have these elements that are sort of like you can recognize you know the environment that you're in but then there's a a touch of the well that is not right that's not normal and it it's it's an easy sort of gateway into escapism yes where fantasy I think requires you to take a little bit bigger leap yeah paranormal is more of a just take a step through the door <laughs> yes i mean for yeah. me the, the 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 step into complete fantasy um happened with my vela story you know it's a it's called a leap of fey and i've only got four episodes up because i've been very remiss in writing it um but that takes place all in fairy you know in mm-hmm. in in uh it will in the in in the next book because it's a four book series that I don't even know if I'm going to continue it in Vela and just pull it out and actually just publish it that actually they they do go through a portal because they have to escape you know uh, both the winter court and the summer court of the you know because those are the two those are the two main main courts the summer yeah. and the winter court and fairy the sealy and the unsealy they're kind of right, 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 right. enemies um, he's he's unsealy she's sealy and yet they fall in love and they want to be together so they can't do it in their world so they go through a portal and they come to our world so and all of the problems that escalate from there it's almost like so, a Romeo and Juliet but set in sort of paranormal so do you remember and, and maybe you don't do you remember the very first uh taste of paranormal or a fantasy book that you read the, the first one that made you go Ooh. 
I like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. Um, I do. I my head always went towards things that weren't um, of our world. Um, mm-hmm. The first one that I ever ever really grabbed me by the throat and or or like we say, grab the reader by the face, you know, was Anne Rice is Vampire Chronicles. I absolutely fell in love yes. with the with the the intensity of her story and with the the world the, that she built, you know. And I, you know, New Orleans had become a, like a second home to me after that. And um, but, but even before that, it was historical fantasy, historical fiction that grabbed me. And I I read um, the Wolf and the Rose, um, the, the Wolf and the Dove. My book is the Wolf and the Rose. <laughs> <laughs> the Wolf and the Dove by Kathleen Woodis. And it takes place in the, you know, in the 1100s, you know, between the Normans and the Saxons and so forth. And so it kind of, even though it was historical, I was there, I was living it. I was, you know, through their eyes. I was the Aislinn, you know, the, 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 the main character, you know, and the, the Norman bully, big, huge, gorgeous man who, you know, had a, had a, a very, uh, uh, a decent streak through him, you know, so to save him from being this, 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 this conquering warrior um, just swept me off my feet at 13 years old. And that was it for me. That was it for me. Anything that got my imagination rolling. So, but it was even before that. I mean, I had talked about this in one of the other things where I started watching dark shadows when I was like five years old and it wasn't like, it wasn't like on purpose, you know, five, six years old. I mean, it's not like I went to the television with the old fashioned clicker and turned it on so much. My mother, my mother used to watch it along with my aunt who used to be, you know, she, we lived in a, you know, in, in, uh, uh, not a small town, but everybody kind of knew each other, you know, where it was. And they would be sitting there doing what housewives did in the 1960s, you know, folding laundry with a cigarette hanging out of their mouth, you know, and, and, you know, with their cup of coffee and they'd be folding their laundry and they would, they would put dark shadows on in the afternoon because it was a soap opera. And that's what I got hooked on back then. So that started it all warped my mind from then. So yeah, I, I, I think about you. Yeah, I think that's where I started to, uh, not with Dark Shadows, but uh, with the Vampire Chronicles. I think oh. that was the first time that that I was introduced. I mean, of course, I do like vampires and I, I knew about them, but I think it was the first books that I had ever read that were uh, about, you know, something sort of beyond the normal. Um, I I wasn't a huge reader until until I became a writer, so... I can't say that, you know, I, I grew up with a bunch of books. It's, it's, I think that's an oddity. I think a lot of authors grew up as readers and I didn't. That I is an oddity. books that I was assigned. Oh, wow. I, would, I didn't mind like writing in class, but it wasn't something, but I was a theater kid. So I was getting my creative outlets filled, yeah. I think in other, in Absolutely. other ways. So yeah. I didn't, I didn't need that outlet because I had it just going getting up on the stage um I wish I had the balls I read to all, do that I read all over the place I don't even read in just one genre so I'm also yeah. I'm all over the place with what I read if it's a if it's a good title it's a good book you know if it looks like it's something that would appeal if there's romance in it in some way shape or form I'm there yes uh even if it's you know something that's not a romance book you know you can have a thread of romance in something and you still have my attention. Um, well, the, there are tropes in everything. That's for sure. Yes, yes, yes. I think I, when I was a kid, I think probably the only books that I read as a kid were the Christopher Pike books. Did you ever read any of those? No. He was a horror writer and I don't read horror. That's like probably one of the only genres I read. But yet as a kid, 
I devoured all of those books. So I was probably messed up as a kid because I read those books. And now I can't, I can't read and I can't watch horror because I am a wimp. So why I decided to write a paranormal book about ghosts when I am terrified of ghosts. Are you? No idea. I have no idea. If I even thought there was a ghost in my house, I would have to move. I dude, I don't want to know. Stop it. I don't. But I, but that's what I decided to write about. Maybe if I thought, maybe if I wrote about the thing that I was scared of, it would give me power over it. It did not. I love, I love the idea. I still do not like ghosts or ghost stories or movies about ghosts. I just, I don't. See now, you know, I just sold my house and I was when my husband and I just bought a house. Right. And I have to tell you, I gravitated towards all these old historic homes. I'm sure you did. There was there were there was one that I absolutely fell in love that was right next to an old like like a historic graveyard. And I was just like, we have to go look at this house. And My husband's like, no. And I said, why? I said, it's perfect. He goes, yeah, it's perfect for you. Not perfect for me. And I said, why? What have you got against the fact that we may have to share our home with with somebody who was there before us or maybe some spirits who decide to wander in from the ground? He says, he goes, they don't bother me so much as long as as long as they're not malevolent. He says, it's the fact that I'd have to replace all the wiring and the plumbing. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I did. Well, that's a valid point. Yes. That's a valid point. So I didn't That's get my point. I didn't get my historic house with a resident spirit, which is something that I would absolutely love. Right. So I mean, right. I keep well, you my might, you might you never know. That's That's faith. Yeah. Now th- we were just, we were talking a little bit about uh, tropes uh, earlier, and just with as as with any genre, there are tropes that are within every single genre. Is there, since this is sort of your real house, is there a trope that you love in paranormal or fantasy writing and or one that you hate? Um, I love it and hate it at the same time. I mean, tropes are, tropes are a necessary uh, evil. They mm-hmm. are. Yeah. Um, I love, um, I-, I like the enemies to lovers one because I, tend to write my character my female characters to be a little bit like me a little bit snarky a little bit like you know what the fuck you know like that that type of you know a little bit feisty okay um so the enemies to lovers things kind of fits that that feeling um the one that i absolutely hate is and i and i hate to say it but i have done it is secret baby you know i i do Um, i hate the secret baby one that's just like you know but um you know, I think there's a there's a place and time for every single one of these tropes. And sometimes your stories that speak to you, they 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 call for them. And, you know, you could your a book can have more than one trope going on, just like it can have sure. more than one plot going on. There's always a subplot and sub characters or something else. Yeah. And there's always something yeah. that can go on. What about you? Well, it's 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 funny. I I guess I. Shifter books are hard for me, and I know you've you've written some shifter books. I think Lots. it depends on the way that they're they're written. Um, sometimes shifter books to me don't feel like I don't buy the 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 shifting. Like I don't buy the mechanics of it, and so it's hard for me to believe that something happens because the way they have described maybe the shifting process. You and I can't be friends like anymore. It. You know that. Right? <laughs> That's it. Our friendship is done. That's it. We're toast. We're toast. Um, 
so I guess it, it guess it depends on how it's written, but I guess that's one that I have a harder time grasping onto. Um, and I, I have a hard time with any sort of like bully sort of yeah. dynamic. I mean, I know it is wildly popular, but yeah. I am too much of an empathetic person that I, I feel that that energy of the bully attacking the, the the other character and I feel that and I don't I don't want to feel that negative energy so I have a hard time uh with those um, I dated bullies in my day and I remember what it was like to date a bully and how they and how they systematically strip you of your your self-esteem and your and they start gaslighting you into believing that it's all your fault and so forth. So, and because I don't do that anymore and because I have had, you know, oodles and oodles of time and therapy to get past that. Um, now it's like that inner person in me wants to reach into the pages and take the heroine and shake her and say, snap out of it. You know, like that, like that scene from Moonstruck when she smacks right, him right, in the face and says, snap right. out of it. Yeah. Right. And I, I don't begrudge anybody who, who wants no, to read a bully romance. It is wildly popular and I understand why people read it. It's a, it's a guilty pleasure. I've got lots of guilty pleasures myself. So, I mean, I, I totally get it. It's just not something that, that I, but but on the flip side, you know, I love an underdog story. So if yeah. there's a, an underdog story, I'm I'm all yeah. for yeah. it. I so. agree. I agree. So yeah, we all have guilty pleasures. Mine happens oh, to be battery operated, but that's okay. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> uh, so, oh my god. Okay. So tell me about the Havenwood Falls series. Oh right. So the Havenwood Falls series, um, this is my particular title and it is called The Lurkers Within. And the Havenwood Falls series, if you like paranormal stories, the Havenwood Falls series is a collection of, I think it's like 84 authors now. And wow. like, no, okay. 84 stories, 84 stories. I got that wrong. About 84 stories and about 45 different authors that have created uh, stories uh, with in this particular universe and there are four different types of books there's their main line there's uh havenwood falls high which is like high school sort of stuff so academy paranormal yeah. stuff that's happening at the high school level there's a legends uh category so it's like sort of how the the town came to be this sort of the histories if you will and then there's a sin and silk line for those who like Ooh. a little bit of the success yeah. in their you know your, their reads but it's all it, it's the same fictional town that all of these 45 plus authors write in. So there's one town that we all have to familiarize ourselves with. The, I, I think mine's number 17 in the book. So there were 16 books ahead of me that were already written, that were already had, had started to establish the world and establish the businesses and establish the characters. And so my story had to incorporate things that already existed, characters that already existed, and yet be a standalone so that somebody just coming into the universe could pick it up, get introduced to the town of Havenwood Falls and the paranormal players in it and leave the story and choose to go back and continue and do a reading order. So it's only, you know, like I said, 35,000 words. It's a short novella thing. It should have been something very easy to do when you're used to writing things that are 60, 70, 80,000 K 
was the hardest book I've ever had to write because there's so much collaboration yeah. that needed to happen. You weren't really in control of a lot of stuff. You had a lot of parameters, but yet you also had to create a fictional character that could logically exist in a universe that was already created. So it was, it was a challenge in terms of research and in terms of collaboration. You had to make sure that the characters that you were using actually would speak that way. So we would, you know, have to share our dialogue with the other authors and go, does this sound right? Would they say it like this? And so it was a huge collaborative thing. But if you like a paranormal thing, if you like to see, you know, humans interacting with witches, with vampires, with shifters in a small little mountain town, you've got gobs of stories that that you could read uh, from this particular genre. And so from that standpoint, it was such an experience to be part of a universe that was so big that it was just wild, but it was also really hard because of that so yeah yeah. on top of on top of creating a paranormal well you've got the world already created but having to create paranormal characters and then keep that in line with other paranormal characters yeah it's it's hard it's hard and then number 18 has to incorporate your characters and your spin into their book so yeah it gets exponentially harder yeah so Yeah. yeah absolutely which is why I haven't written another one because I'm like, that's a lot of, that's a lot of time to have to devote. There's a lot of brain space that I don't have to devote to writing another one. Cause holy schmoly, it's a lot. It's a lot, but you know, there are several authors in there that have done many in that particular. Oh, if, if they enjoy it and it comes exactly. easy to them, why not? Yeah, exactly. So what's the last paranormal or fantasy book you devoured? Oh, okay. So a fay book, um, uh, a, 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 two books uh in the same series strange the dream strange the dreamer and muse of nightmares by liani taylor i don't know if i'm saying her name right she is the most unique writer i have ever read in my life she can write things that are like omnipotent point of view and so you're hopping minds and and you know exactly where you are that's a great it thing to be able to do. It is the bizarrest thing ever. Like, how can I know whose head I'm in with, like that? Like, it's, and just such original storytelling that it was just, it was delicious. Those books were just delicious. delicious. So that, that was, that was, I guess, mine. What about you? Um, well, the last book that I, I read uh, was um, It's a Wonderful Midlife Crisis by Robin <laughs> Peterman. <laughs> It's uh, she's one of the Fab 13 who have started, who really put a a stamp on paranormal women's fiction. And um, it's funny, though, because, you know, her her book is um, it take it's a different take on Reapers. um, And, uh, you know, she's not a she's not really she's not really a Reaper. She's you know, her main character is a. what the hell did they call her? Their name, the girl's name was Daisy. Um, death counselor. That's what they called her, a death counselor. Nice. And uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it, and and the, her love interest in that happens to be the, uh, the, the, the angel of, the angel of death. And, uh, you know, and he's very, he's very handsome in that book. Well, uh, you know, so of course, you know, and he's ancient. But he's, he's killing very... all the ladies. Pow, pow. <laughs> yeah, so. 
anyway, hey. <laughs> had to get in there with a little pun. Had to, yeah. had to. So anyway, but I, I, I read it from, from cover to cover. And it was the first time that it, I ever saw an epilogue done where it wasn't like a, oh, reps the story of Peppley Ever After. No, mm-hmm. it was the last chapter of the book was like when everything, you think everything's going to be wrapped up nice and neat and they were going to move on to their happily for now. No, boom, something. Here you something, go. Here's yeah. a catalyst to end the story. Yeah. Pick up the next book. (laughs) Yeah, which I haven't picked up yet because I was already in the middle of outlining um, a a book, my own Reaper book. And we'll get to that later because I know you've got one, too. So I do. I do. Well, here's here's the paranormal sort of, I guess, maybe more so than fantasy sort of aligns perfectly with this time of year. It's, it, it's, it's lifting up all of those things that, that go bump in the night. And there are people who love Halloween. Girl, right? this Absolutely girl right here. love Halloween. Like sometimes more so than any other holiday. It's me, that's like me. Their holiday, right? Right. So what is it about this time of year that you think people love so much well for those of you who are listening and not watching the youtube version of this i am wearing devil horns on my head with yes, a little bit are. of fur around them they're yes, red sparkle are. with a little bit of red um i guess feather boa attached to the top of them so uh, or as my youngest my youngest daughter when she was five years old used to call them she called them devil antlers <laughs> so instead of devil horns so um what i love about halloween is it's the alt-life aspect of it. The, like I said, you're going to hear me say this, it's the what if that lends itself Mm -hmm. to fantasy and speaks to our inner child that used to recognize things outside of the five senses. Because let's face it, when kids are very intuitive, they are more in touch with with the world unseen, just like, just like, just like animals, like dogs and cats and, and, and horses and things like that. They know when there's something supernatural around um, little children before they're taught only to trust their five senses, know and can see recognize and commune with that, which is unseen. And so I, I believe Halloween, the people who love it the way that I do, it's a way for them to reconnect with that. Um, And it's almost because people who love Halloween, it frees them also. And it lets them live in the fantasies that they love, even if it's only for one night. When we're an adult, we're not really allowed to do that anymore. We're not allowed to play pretend. We have to stay in the real world. But Halloween is that choice to go, you know what? On today, I'm going to be this thing. I'm going to be this this person and it's going to be okay. And it's going to be socially acceptable for me to escape in a, in a more visual way yes. than I normally can. Yep. So I think that that's, that's a, a way to, to think about it too. I, I, I love this time of year because this is, this is the time of year where things like these bugs, these spiders, they, <laughs> they, they die. They go back to hell where they came from. I'm not a bug person and I live in a cold, cold climate. So this is the time of year that they all start dying off. And I'm happy for it. Yeah. Um, and I love sweater weather. I'm a big fan of the sweater weather and the fall colors. Me too. Um, and yeah, and, the, and all those things that go bump in the night. And just, I think the, the, my kids are older now. My kids are in high school, but Halloween was always that, that there was this, a, a light that would go on in their eyes that they would get to, 
to play dress up and they would get to pretend and it was contagious. And, you know, as they're older, they're not dressing up to go to parties anymore. And it's, it's a little different. So it feels a little less special, I guess, as they, they get older, that, that sort of whimsy isn't there. So maybe it's time that I have to start dressing up on Halloween. Yeah. So, okay. So we mentioned, I want to make sure that we talk in the Reapers. I think yep. you were probably going to mention Reapers. Yep, yep. That we yep, both we both written Reapers. Tell me so about you, yours. You, you. Okay, so my my Reapers in uh, a lot of times when you hear Reapers, you you think of like the like the Grim Reaper with the the, the cloak and the the hoods and the scary sort of looking, I guess, beings. Uh, we decided we didn't want Reapers to look like that. We wanted them to be sexy. <laughs> so our Reapers look more like this guy. Ooh. <laughs> um, they're they're more like warriors they're more the uh sort of king's muscle they're the ones that sort of help keep the balance between you know guiding the the souls that the banshees bring over from the human realm into netherworld um they're the ones that help keep the lorcan cage these are the lorcans are the the evil sort of ones that are trying to steal the souls that the banshees are bringing over from the other side and so our our, our reapers are much more of the you know clad in leather and muscles bulging a sort of reaper that's sort of the way I like my reapers. What about you? What are your reapers like? Evil. Evil. They're evil. <laughs> they're evil. And there's hundreds of them. The way I built my story is that there are reapers and there are keepers. Where am I? There I am. <laughs> um, keepers are, they are challenged uh, to take a newly departed soul and guide them through to which I called um, the next wild ramble, which is basically the next the next adventure. All right. Which is to their final destination on whether or not they move on or they don't. Um, Reapers are their job. They worked for they work for the Grimm and uh, there's hundreds of them, just like there's hundreds of Reapers and I'm, I'm sorry, keepers. And it's their job to either coerce an unsuspecting soul or to snatch the unsuspecting soul and either imprison them or coerce them to the darkness. And then it's like, you know, game over at that point in time. So my story is where um, keepers are nominated. They're, they're selected and nominated uh, by a previous keeper who knows that they're on their way out. And on their way out means that they have, cause they're basically immortal at this point in time. Once you decide to become a keeper, you stop aging. Um, but when you either feel like you've done as much as you can or whatever, and it's time for you to move on, the only way that you can move on is you have to elect your own um, person to fill your shoes. And, ah, you know, you and it's a replacement. And if they don't, they're given a chance to say yes or no. If they don't, then you're stuck in purgatory. You're stuck in limbo. Um, so you have to choose wisely, Padawan, you know. So right. anyway, um, right. but right. Uh, but. So I, I've so like keepers are not necessarily hot. No, they're not. The keepers are the hot ones. The keepers are the hot ones. The keepers yes. are the keepers. Yes, they're the keepers because they're keepers. That's right. And I actually use that. And with my character, you know, she's she's a keeper. She and she, but no one gave her, no one prefaced her job to her. Um, so she kind of went went into this blind because the woman who was the keeper before her who she took care of died and never gave her a heads up like hey she just kept saying oh sweetie you're a keeper you're a keeper not telling her what a keeper meant 
Um, so after she's de- after the girl dies, she's like, what the hell? You know, what do you mean? Right. And, and uh, so a fish anyway. out of water story. I yeah. Think. And she's yeah. she's uh, she's given a higher level keeper to train her who happens to be the hottie of the of the of the story um but the thing is is uh, my tagline is um hell hath no fury try it with hot flashes because every time there's there are reapers circling that are close to close to her proximity where she's guarding a soul she gets these hot flashes and it's almost it's almost like her tell and she's the only one that has this happen to her and the angel of death who happens to be the ceo of death central and loves pencil skirts and high heel stilettos and so forth because she's a female and the Grimm, who happens to be her sister, so you've got two uh, two sides of the same coin, one light, one dark, but they're really not. It's a combination of both. So it's, I've, I've created this world because I love the paranormal. So I've created this very rich world about reapers and keepers and how they came into being and what they do and how, how souls are categorized and how Death Central is in smack in the middle of Midtown Manhattan in an office building that you wouldn't recognize as anything other, except there's gargoyles on the top that if you're a keeper they watch you they turn with you and they look at you and you know that they're watching you watch them so that's so if, my if, story <laughs> if, if that if is that a, a book of, because again you write in this genre primarily is that one of the titles that you would suggest a reader pick up who is unfamiliar with your work Yes, it's called the, the, the title of the book. It's a paranormal women's fiction because the main character is 40. Um, she just had her 40th birthday and the start to 40 is not what she expected. Um, but it's called Jeepers Reapers. And, uh, you know, so if you want to nice. pick it up, it's book one in the series and book two will be coming out at some point in 2022, hopefully earlier in 2022 than otherwise. Nice. So but the one book that I think I would recommend to people for this time of year is this one. Hollow's End. Oh. It's uh, it's obviously you can tell she's a witch and my family is from Sleepy Hollow, as in the legend of Sleepy Hollow. And this is um, not just a modern retelling. There's um, 200 years of secrets and lies bleeding into the future and Rowan and this one particular guy in her high school. They're both seniors in high school. Um, they are, you know, uh, Let's put it this way. The Hudson River isn't the only black thing that's bleeding into the into the the Hudson Valley at this point. It's a a wronged spirit in the graveyard who just happens to not have a head wants justice. So wrong spirit. Definitely sounds appropriate for this time of year. Yes, for sure. For So tell me about the Reapers in the Hollowed Realms trilogy. Cause I know that's your, yours. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they're definitely just, they're, they're the hotties for sure. They're, they're the hotties. Uh, so they, it's their they're, job they're, to they're guard like souls. The, yeah. They're the, they're the warriors. They, they help the banshees. The banshees are the ones that are charged with sort of ferrying the souls across and protecting them from the Lorcan that are trying to, to devour the souls and oh so the Lorcan are so they're working together they're they're two factions right. of the same right side right. of good yeah. okay. they're, they're they're they live in the same universe as the netherworld so when you cross through the veil between the living and the dead you've entered the netherworld and so that's sort of how that and hollow earth is sort of the place beyond netherworld it's where the Lorcan are kept and isle of glass is sort of uh heaven like so oh. it's, it's the, the journey through this entire now world. i want to read it <laughs> <laughs> so but for for halloween in terms of a halloween read um the lurkers within is probably a better one because it has to do with ghosts um it involves uh tasha who is a uh 
a, a ghost hunter and she has been uh, called to Havenwood Falls to deal with some pesky sort of a ghost problem that, that the town is having. Uh, she does not know anything about Havenwood Falls and all of the craziness that happens there. And she is quickly introduced to uh, the craziness that is uh, the paranormal world that lives there. So that's a, probably a funner one. And, it, and it, it dips a toe into a much bigger universe so that if you like sort of the town that you're in, you know that there's so much more content that, that you could devour and get lost in. Yeah, I mean, the Hollow's End is the same. Is the same. It's definitely a Halloween, a Halloween story. First of all, it takes place in the month of October, and the closer that Rowan and Hunter, who is the hottie in the book, um, get get to Halloween, um, you know, the, she has bloody visions, and they keep they keep seeing things, you know, from the past that have happened involving this headless spirit that they have to set old wrongs to right, and um, you know, it's basically can justice be served, and can the two find a way to straddle both worlds and solve a mystery when they don't understand the clues you know it's it's right. it's um and it's inspired by true events that happened during the american revolution in in this in sleepy hollow um so it's uh, it's it's a it's got a splash of romance it's got a splash of history a splash of mystery and even a little bit of horror in there so oh. you know hollow's end <laughs> there, you there you go i think we have time for like a few like rapid fire sort sure. of Either Absolutely. or sort of thing. So uh, favorite Halloween candy? Oh, God, do I have to pick one? Um, yes. I guess it would have to be um, Butterfingers. I mm. love that crunch and how it sticks mm. to your teeth. It's so bad to your teeth, right? Yeah. yeah. If it wasn't for the teeth issue, I'd be right there with you. When you get older, that becomes an issue. The sticky candy in your teeth, you can't do it anymore. Pulls out a felon. Um, I got to go with Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I'm going to go with that. That's if they're in the that. freezer, yeah. Yeah, I got to go with that. All right. Vampires or werewolves? Uh, it's a toss up. Um, to be honest, I have to say I'm a witchy girl. Witchy, witchy, oh, witchy I all the way. I don't even know why I didn't think about adding witches to that. Okay. Witches or werewolves? Witches. Witches. <laughs> I have to, I, of the original uh, vampires or werewolves, I got to go vampires. I'm team Edward and always whoopy. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry, Taylor. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually. Ghosts or fae? Ghosts. Always ghosts. Ghosts, 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 ghosts. All the way ghosts. Fae! Fae! No ghosts! No ghosts! No ghosts! Paranormal, romantic comedy over scary movies. I can write scary, but I can't watch it. Can't watch it. Yeah, I can't watch any... It's scary. Yeah, I can't watch anything scary either. Uh, I think... Well, yeah, I can't... It's it's hard. Even like Stranger Things is, is getting to be way too creepy now. Oh, I liked, I liked that, but I, I, did I mean, too, but like when they started having things come through the walls, I'm like, I'm sitting against a wall. I thought it was safe against a wall. Why are there things coming through the walls now? I don't wonder. I have to say it, it, I, it Blair Witch scared the crud out of me and I'm all yes. things witches. Um, and, and the ring. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. Psychological, psychological thrillers. If they're really psychological thrillers with paranormal entities that you can't control, like some kind of demonic stuff like that, like the exorcist ruined it for me back in the day. No, 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 no. I mean, the new one that just out. Oh, see, I loved Poltergeist. I did. I loved Poltergeist. I I rewatch it every chance I get. And the other, you know, the other thing is what's that new one that's just out uh, midsummer, you know, that my daughter watched that. I'm like, my daughter is a big old wimp and she watched that i'm like girl i'm not even watching that i don't know how you did it it's more pagan than it is than yeah. it is oh, witchy. Okay. so right. i mean it's just like a psychological thriller and it's like you know you you're you're 
you're screwed over because you trusted somebody. It's not like the, you know, where are we going to run? You know, let's go right. hide behind right, the chainsaws right, right. instead of getting into the, catch it. yeah, no, yeah. it's yeah. not, it's not one of those. You, they actually trusted these people. Yeah. Then again, I don't know, kind of creepy. Yeah. So um, I guess that covers everything. So, so. Um, go out and get our books. No, <laughs> or we'll haunt <laughs> buy you. Buy some no. candy. Yes, buy some candy. Everybody needs to support candy, candy makers these days, right? For yourself. Just eat it for <laughs> yourself. We deserve it this year. Join us next week as we continue the journey of how stories come to life and make us all bound by books. You can find us. Where can they find us? Bombbybookspodcast.com. Yep, everybody's listed there. And keep on listening. <laughs>